welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Trevor Gorekis for the new Dead Space remake. For this remake, they kept all of the original music from Jason Graves, and Trevor did any additional music that was required to the tune of about two additional hours of music. That's a lot of extra music. I talked to Trevor the day before the game's release. Uh, The game came out on Friday, January 27th of 2023. I spoke to him on Thursday the 26th, and I was given three tracks ahead of the interview and only three tracks. Uh, However, you'll hear four (laughs) in the interview because I really wanted to put in Nicole's theme. He uh, talks about it in the interview, even though I hadn't heard it yet. I really wanted to put it in the interview. So uh, it's in there. This is Trevor's first game, but he's done numerous film and TV projects. He's worked with M. Night Shyamalan lately on projects like the film Old and the TV series Servant. Uh, Find us on Discord. That link is down in the show notes. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe or whatever the terminology for YouTube is. (laughs) And if you can support us financially on Patreon, that'd be fantastic. Find us at patreon.com slash level. All right, here's Trevor Gorekis talking about his music for Dead Space. So the remake was like a... I think that they were looking to explore narrative opportunities um, and uh, and that were not like apparent in that the original. I played the original back in two thousand eight. I'm, I'm a gamer myself, and okay, um, uh, and it's great, and I like it stands time for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, and the score is great, and. Uh, but what they were looking for was like just finding some more places where they could kind of pinpoint like along Isaac's journey along the way and feel like they could, you know, have some more, you know, emotional hit points with Isaac and his uh, girlfriend, Nicole, as he's like searching for her. And it's like, can we, you know, make an arc here? Can we connect this part to closer to the end and all these kind of things? Things that you know that um, that uh, would be really great to like explore. So um, I was uh, my name was kind of put into the hat of among many other people, and um, and I think the fact that I had actually played the game was like something that really excited them because I was like <laughs> really familiar with it. So when I like interviewed for it and talked about. Having played it, they're like, "Oh, you you actually played it." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so that's that was like one of the the interesting things. But the, but yeah, that's sort of like how it began. Sort of that was the 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 task. I think main goal or main task was to to we were you know searching for those those points. But you know, I I think my role kind of expanded and I started to do more, replace some. Um, some of the bigger scenes and uh, 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 like bigger boss scenes and bigger like um, like zero G and um, uh, high mic and uh, uh, which is like the biggest battle scene and then uh, uh, Hunter and Leviathan and all these kind of like really kind of like set piece uh, moments in the game um, because I. When we started, we were taking 
we actually took a step back and we're like, all right, what's the st- what to do in order to kind of assess what's going on for the to for the story? Um, what are what are all the elements? You know, like the, the religion and Isaac's journey and his connection to all these different elements, people along the way. And and I started writing music that was like specific for these things, like music for the religion, for the for the cult religion, and music okay. for the alien artifact, and you know, and these were like five six minute pieces that were just sort of in the blind. They weren't they weren't set to, you know, a particular chapter in the particular event, but like mm-hmm. more like this is sort of a sonic world. Uh, and along the way, it was sort of like, does this fit into the the, the musical DNA of Dead Space. That was always something that was of uh, that we would talk about uh, in reviewing it. So uh, that was important to uh, keep an eye on. For sure, and you know, I definitely hear. It, you know, I got I got three tracks, and they they definitely have like the DNA of what I expect to hear in, especially the first Dead Space, right? Because each game got progressively different in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, that no first way. Dead Space, you know, I hear like the even just like hints of how percussive that score is. Um, especially, uh-huh. so I got Hunger for the scar- Stars, Hunger for the Stars, uh, yeah. although Hunger for the Scars would be appropriate for <laughs> Dead Space <laughs> yeah, as well. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hunger for the Stars, Make Us Whole, and The Hive Mind. And these are all yeah. three very different tracks. Hunger for the Stars is um, certainly the most quite kind of quote-unquote ambient of the of the three, I feel yeah. like. Um and and just some you know the hints of the percussion, even some hints of metallic percussion, which you hear a lot of in Dead Space. But these are all uniquely yours, which I really appreciated about it too. It's like this is this is you doing this. This isn't you doing Jason Graves. This is you doing Dead Space, right? Right, right, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, I was not. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the score of Jason's score, and yeah, I um. But I, but we were. I think we were both uh, inspired, or you know, aware of the influence of the same influences that kind of created what he made for Dead Space, mm-hmm. um, which was like you know Penderecki, uh, like mm-hmm. late twentieth twentieth uh, century Polish composer. Like before he changed, because like Penderecki kind of like stopped writing like that this kind of music. Uh, I guess in the nineties. Um, but, uh, but for a while in the sixties, you know, like, uh, uh, for, you know, uh, Hiroshima, which was that most, his most famous piece, like the, the string, like strings that sound like, you know, bombers coming over. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was a title that was given after the fact, but, um, right. uh, he was doing all these like crazy effects, uh, on strings and, 
extended techniques and just way different ways of performing on instruments that are classical instruments for the stage you know to be heard that way and you know and then directors like stanley kubrick like took that music and put it in a new context by you know putting it in, in the shining or something and then the context those suddenly like absolute horror <laughs> even though that wasn't necessarily his intention you know he was like you know just writing music that was emotionally engaging for him or intellectually engaging mm-hmm. and um uh but that was the dichotomy of those two things that it was something that was familiar it's like a violin or a you know violins and strings doing weird things may or just makes it a little bit kind of an uncanny valley kind of a, a right. weird uh thing and that's kind of like the became like the definition of a horror thing and and then then uh jerry goldsmith with alien and mm. uh james horner's aliens yeah his score as well uh um you know both of those are are great examples of uh, things that i think were um you know, Dead Space, like, uh, even as a concept, this, like, has some, rel- is related to that somewhat. Uh, yeah. So there, I'm doing some of the, the techniques of that universe, as, as, mm-hmm. as, like, that, that uh, style, or uh, that, um, I guess, is that the right word? Style? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Performance style, performance style. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's to get, but it's it's intense and it's and it is ter- terrifying because it's in. Uh, yeah. Uh, but my angle on it is a couple of different things. I I have a lot more um, electronics in general, mm-hmm. um, and then I also use a lot more like solo instruments because I play. I play violin and cello in quotes, okay. <laughs> but uh, but I do like use them as they're kind of like these close for for Isaac. They're the the something that gets a little bit closer because sometimes the orchestra can sound so big and so mm-hmm. far away, yeah, and so massive that I wanted to bring stuff that was like a little bit cl- in, more intimate. So there's like those moments where you hear like one player doing stuff. Yeah. That, instrument or whatever um and that's like me <laughs> in, in, a, in a microphone somewhere going no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah i did I, notice solo voices creeping in, in the texture i didn't mean to to interrupt your thought there yeah yeah oh well then there and right and then there's like some solo voice solo voices as well and then there's choir oh, voice voice that. yeah yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. second track that uh, make us whole, very cool. How the women come in, and I don't know if these are—is this a sample library of voices or just highly processed no, voices? No, it's, or... it's uh, it's all it's all real uh, choir. Oh, okay, so, very yeah, cool. They're, they're speaking with like a, a vocal fry and um, oh, but cool. also normal uh, and normale, and uh, but then also I have one singer who's singing like all this like you know guttural kind okay. of stuff. Yeah, just kind of floating in the background. Oh, it's so cool because they come in in the beginning of the track, which of course you know this because you wrote it. But I just love how it's like unison, and then they just kind of spread like this. (laughs) 
yeah. in the in the opening of that track, and then they do all yeah. these really lovely, creepy falling scales too in that yeah. track. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but a lot of, like, sound design-y kind of elements, more electronics, more, um, uh, you know, maybe found sounds. I'm not sure where those oh. sounds are coming from, but but I, I liked that, too. You know, there's kind of a lot of breath at the beginning of some of these tracks where you're just listening, kind of holding your breath, like, oh, my God, what's about to happen in this music, you know? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this, like, the sound of the ships. Uh, what would it be like? I mean, you know... I mean, I think that was the element of the remake was to discover the fidelity that they were trying to achieve. With, mm-hmm. with you know, I know that they were uh, getting to a new level of graphical fidelity, obviously, yeah. um, and doing all sorts of new things with like heartbeat and breathing, and you know, the necromorphs and the monsters are are you know, when you shoot them, they fall apart in different, like a completely different way, and it's all okay. it's like in a way that that hadn't done before in that way too like i feel like i wanted to have like the big scope the same big scope but also get that de- that fine detail and find ways of getting the small details too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. close things and small instruments that I, I have lying around here on the floor <laughs> <laughs> now as someone who played the game which is very cool. I mean, it's good to, I mean, that context is like really important. Um, did you find that, <clears throat> pardon me, did you find that you appreciated the extra content that was added, like the backstory and the kind of connections they're drawing? Um, was that satisfying to to you as yeah. someone who played the game? Yeah, because I, th- I think that they are trying to, um, you know, I haven't played, I haven't played the game, this game. I, sure. I, I, sure. Um, uh, I'm just like I'm aware of like you know uh, story wise what they've mm-hmm. been they've developed. Uh, you know because they brought on a, a writer, uh, Joe Barry. Her, her name is Joe Barry, and she kind of like fleshed out because you know Isaac is talking this time, and the, right. the original didn't talk at all. So this time, like so the whole this the script is like obviously a lot more involved, and um, and I think they wanted to just make the connection, the emotional connections, much stronger. And so I think music can be a part of that. Can can be like one extra player in the in that in that experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why there's like a Nicole like Nicole theme and a Nicole whole thing that like kind of developed out of. Basically, it came out of a. Um, like a early early sketch that I did it was just sort of like off the wall sketch that would start, ended with me playing like piano.
uh, at the very end and they're like, oh, we should use this. It's like, you know, something for like Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, all right. So then we started, I started recording that and then did like string arrangements with it and, you know, all this stuff. So cool. that way they can like, uh, I, you know, I am, I'm looking, really looking forward to tomorrow because then I'll be able to play it and see like how it actually works. Right. <laughs> But because you know, because it's like it's like, unlike uh, like a movie or a TV show where I work on, actually, like which, which I actually see, yeah, I um, I only see like so much of this because I, I wasn't involved in the um, implementation of the music. Okay, so I wrote all this music, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of it. There are definitely sections that were all scored out for you know cutscenes and that kind okay. of stuff as well. In addition to like these kind of open-ended suites. But these like ideas about like the story of of connecting Nicole scene or cutscenes or whatever, like the stuff that I that wasn't even ready for me to even look at. So it was like we just need we just need the music and then we'll we'll work on getting it together ourselves later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other uh third track I got the hive mind I'm very interested in um, but we'll we'll come back to that in just a second because I would love to know a little bit more about your background and you know, what's your main instrument and all those kinds of things so so when did your uh, musical journey start <laughs> uh, yeah so kind of starts up regarding my main instrument because I uh, uh, I'm a pianist I studied on piano my undergrad at University of Texas in Austin okay and I was totally like, I'm going to be a concert pianist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think by the, the end of that four-year program there, I started getting to listening to a lot of contemporary composers and thinking like, maybe I could like write something myself. I don't know. And so I started taking compose- composition lessons with some of the professors there. And then, um, then I went to the Yale School of Music for my grad, grad school, which is a two-year program. Then I graduated there, and then I went to, which is New Haven. So I went from you know Texas to New Haven, and then I went down and like luckily got an internship for um, Philip Glass for like, oh wow, a couple of years, and then got hired as his assistant for like, six years, I think, and I learned a lot about just being a composer, which was great. He only had sure. like one one assistant, um, very small operation. And kind of at the same time was building a, uh, I was building a, a music company with another composer named Jay Wadley. And um, he and I built this company called Found Objects. And we were kind of like doing this kind of apprenticeship thing on the side. So I was working for Philip and then he was working with like Mark Ronson. And, and mm-hmm. uh, eventually we like, our company was doing enough work in like advertising. So we mostly focused on advertising at the time okay. and got busy enough doing advertising to like, uh, have enough for a day job. And I was, you know, our salary, I guess, um, and get a studio. And so then I was like, all right, I think I'm growing up now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing up. I can, I can, uh, support my, I can, I can move out of my bedroom, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you've done quite a bit of TV and film as well. This is your first game. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. How it's do really you, exciting. 
yeah, what do you think about, I mean, having spent so much time in, in other media, what are your thoughts on doing a game for the first time? Um, I mean, I've been wanting to do video games for, for a long time um, as a gamer, um, but I kind of just, I tend to just follow what comes in front of me, honestly. So like yeah. I was doing advertising at music and I still do. I mean, this, this studio here uh, is, you know, I still have found objects and it's got um, nine employees and oh, wow. uh, uh, so I still co-own this company and I'm like doing a new TV show right now. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really like so- something that comes up that looks like an opportunity that I can handle or something interesting. I'll be like, all right, I'll just go in that direction. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so once we got found objects to be like, like a machine that has a little bit of momentum with it and, you know, in its industry, a name, then we were able to kind of like step back. We didn't have to like do all of the work ourselves. Then we were able to like do some more film work and then, you know, mm-hmm. then like the opportunity came up for me to like uh, uh, keep doing that. And then like this uh, game uh, came up and then uh, hopefully I, uh, after this, I'll do more game work, you know, and it's really like, and that came up because some of the people who worked on it um, had seen Servant. So um, they have okay. a TV show that I worked with uh, M. Night Shyamalan on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's just sort of like, you know, who knew? That I'd be working on Dead Space because <laughs> of Sermon, yeah. but it's, it's really like I'll just follow where the the uh, uh, the, the work leads. That seems sure. like it's good stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Are yeah. you gaming right now? Are you playing anything now? Yeah, uh, I'm playing uh, Cyberpunk 2077 right now. Nice, uh, which is like a big games yeah <laughs> game. but it's you know I, I have a two-year-old son so it's like gaming <laughs> is always a little bit of a it's like he he has to go to bed when he goes to bed yeah. you know then it's like then i'll see if i can get like an hour in but the, these yeah. games are huge yeah <laughs> <laughs> an hour you know? a day for seven years yeah. and you're finally yeah, done. I know, yeah. right then, I, <laughs> then I've, I've, I've defeated i beat the game seven years later <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that and high on life, um, which mm. is like fun, silly. Um, but then, yeah, and then tomorrow, dead space. So yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> I know. Um, so the hive mind—that's the third track I got, and it's eight sure. minutes of controlled chaos. Uh, and I say that yeah. with reverence um, because it, it's definitely like a journey. It takes us on this journey in that eight minutes, and and I. I I would assume it's not just this in the game, right? It's not just this eight-minute track, or how how does this? What is the role of this music in in the game? Yeah, so this is like a totally climactic scene that goes through many different uh, big sections. You know, the hive mind being like uh, the biggest uh, boss of the of the game, and. Uh, there's uh like it's kind of the beginning of the track has like a kind of a cutscene uh, attached to it and then it revs up into gameplay and that's when the drums are like going so oh, the, okay. you're actually like playing the game.
and then there's there's like multiple layers, there's multiple levels of intensity, and it was composed in this way. So this is this track is like as I com- like composed it to be. Okay. Um, there it was, you know, presented to me with like a cutscene and then like a screen kind of a screen grab of uh, one of the um, the audio directors. Like uh, he just like did a quick playdown of uh, of of him playing that boss and then it goes into like uh like another cutscene at the end okay. so it, it goes up and then there's like a each one has like a bumper that takes you to the next level and then the bumper thing that goes up to the next level, <laughs> the next level and then you're like running out the you know it's crazy yeah. <laughs> you have but some- if you were to play it like probably like me you would probably it's eight minutes it'd probably be a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah. how, how good you have to you have to know what you're doing, you know, because you're like yeah. you have to figure out what you're shooting, right? <laughs> exactly. You have to figure out what limb to shoot so it stops moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, you do some of those, uh, like you were talking about solo texture, like solo instruments. I thought it was a bass. Maybe it was your cello, um, where it just does these climbs up the neck uh, just kind of oh, screechy yeah, climbs yeah. and it climbs like higher and higher yeah, yeah, and higher each yeah. time that's awesome is that the cello yeah yeah it's okay, me okay. And my, yeah. My cello but with like uh <laughs> i like some distortion and stuff so yeah. and uh an octave uh below it so i, I oh, okay I, if I detuned it and not not here detuned it but like in, in yeah. audio it, yeah i think i might have just um added an octave below to make it yeah it does sound extra low um, okay yeah uh but with like a distortion and stuff and i was i'm wailing like this it's so it's kind of to grab this um this monster's sound kind of like yeah. the sound of this, this screaming thing as i'm going yeah it's pretty insane i was just going up as fast as i can <laughs> <laughs> Um, and in that first track uh, that I mentioned, Hunger for the Stars, uh, it sounds like there's some brass effects going on too, like some muted brass. But, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's hard for me to tell. I'm like, is that uh, is that a real, are those real low brass players that are being distorted or or what's yeah, happening? No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's all real. real oh. So you had like brass. a full orchestra and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah you awesome. Had the- Yes, how many? Fifty strings and uh, oh wow! Probably um, we did it in sections. So we had strings and then brass and winds and mm-hmm. but full full parts. So like um, I I don't remember how many brass players there were. Probably twelve or 15, you know. And also we do like multiple layers layers. So we would like go through and do like another take of them doing things sure. to create like like the density mm-hmm. of them doing like, you know, uh, yeah. uh, just kind of this wall of sound of them doing like 
I think in that section there's like them like uh, doing staccato mm -hmm. or like triple tonguing or something like that and then just like firing off all these sounds yeah I use like uh, some samples to kind of like sketch out what the sound or the chords would be, mm -hmm. and then I work with like uh, an orchestrator, and he would uh, we would like note notate out like how to give direction to the players so that they know to like play this figure every two bars or something like that. And mm -hmm. So it's sort of random sounding, you know. Yeah, all those aleatoric elements yeah. that. They need to know what to do, and you need to know how to tell them to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the page, but yeah. they're you know they're really once they got with this group, like uh, it didn't take long for them to get the idea. Like, oh yeah, it's one of these scores. <laughs> <laughs> where where was it recorded? Uh, it was in Nashville. Oh, Nashville, nice. Okay, uh, cool. Ocean Way. Oh, sweet. Ocean Way Studio. Yeah, awesome. So they do a lot of film scoring uh, mm -hmm. sessions there. So, so when was that? Uh, so we had three sessions, uh, three uh, week weekend long sessions over the course of every like I don't know three months or something. Or mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think, but there would I would go with probably like thirty minutes each or thirty five minutes, mm -hmm. and then we would have extra time at the end, which we would call like wish list time, mm -hmm. which we'd come up with like. Um, even just like written ideas, uh, written down with like words. Mm -hmm. Be like, all right, so we just need all the brass to just play the highest note ever, and then uh, all the low brass to play the lowest note ever, you know. And then we just grab all this kind of like material, sure, and we could like put in for future cues that I'd write later. So then mm -hmm. I have like a library of just sort of like screaming brass hits and you yeah. know um, that kind of thing. And we did that with the choir too, and ever cool. so. And the, and the percussion and all that. So, um, so there's three sessions for in Nashville. Yeah. And how many? Uh, how how much music did you end up writing in total? I was trying to remember how that what that came out to. <laughs> there's like quite a lot, and I um, and I I mean, there's a lot that was not put on the soundtrack. Um, I sometimes I like to like solidify my soundtrack to uh, to like best listenable situations like like when uh, my t tv show i work on this on servant like i write like so much music you know that sometimes yeah. it's like i've heard like some of these things kind of sound similar so it's like i'll pick this one out of, you know what i mean i'll just yep. even though there could be like 50 tracks i'll just still get it down to 20 or something yeah so um uh it's the, the soundtrack itself it comes out to like an hour but i think i wrote like probably two hours of music maybe wow. two like okay. that plus there's a bunch of like uh crazy kind of wish list stuff and um aleatoric things and mm. toolkit kind of things that yeah. uh was there for the develop the audio team to to like use as like mm -hmm. um editing tools 
for them to like, you know, tie in things. And sure. I mean, I think we had like uh, success cues, like, like eight, eight success cues. Yeah, <laughs> success <laughs> cues meaning like, uh, like you get you have an upgrade, and there's like sure. a cue. For- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I put any of those in the, on the score. <laughs> But they're fully orchestrated with like all this like yeah. cool stuff or like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're in the game. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what else, What are you working on right now that you can talk about? Yeah, so I just started this uh, TV show called The Crowded Room. Uh, okay. It's with uh, uh, the lead is Tom Holland, and uh, it's written by Akiva Goldsman, who uh, wrote uh, A Beautiful Mind. Mm. And uh, it's an Apple TV show, Apple TV Plus show. Yeah, very different, totally different. More like uh, I had done a score in like 2019 called uh, for the Goldfinch. Oh, it's yeah. more in that universe, sort of like piano-driven melody harmony. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, you'd probably be like. I, do you do those things? <laughs> right. so we call it live space instead of dead space, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Live. <laughs> yeah. So it's like more emotionally driven uh, story. So it's been it's cool. been a nice like uh, break from like the madness. <laughs> yeah. But like like because I just finished Servant season four, which is just beginning to air now, and okay. Dead Space, both both of which are very like intense, like um like. I went. Servant is not full horror. It's like drama, thriller slash something. Shyamalan, know. right? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's something off. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, but some of the music in that is just like out of control. But this is definitely more in the the lane of uh, like a like a beautiful main title theme and wow. you know, because that's what the, the the story is about. Like a guy mm-hmm. who. Uh, it's a struggling with like a, a mental illness and like abuse uh, and more of a uh, a drama. Okay. But. Do you find um, that you prefer writing in that style, or do you? What do you find to be quote unquote easier? Oh, I mean, at this point, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's easy. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not like I think that I know something. I'm like, yeah, I can do horror easily. And then I'm like, hey, what do I do? <laughs> Pull up the violin. And I'm like, what's the thing? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I do like writing. Like, I think the kind, I think, like, if the work is interesting, like, you know, like working with Dead Space, which has plenty of cues that are like, like, yeah, you know, they're not released yet, but there are other cues that are not, uh, all just like, you know, shock, bloody horror <laughs> stuff, and, and, and dead space. Mm-hmm. Um, if the work itself is really interesting, I find like I find myself inspired. I guess. Okay. I think that's more of a driver than uh, getting too caught up in like uh, I like to uh, only work in or, or or like I have a like a favorite sure. genre or something. Mm-hmm. Because I, well, while I could probably do like the horror stuff pretty easily, I I think, but I do it so much. Like a lot of the stuff I do with with Night on on Servant, it's like so different and not applicable to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
you know, it's like really a very particular show. It's like for his series. And it works yeah. for that show. I just can't imagine it, but you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, we've gone down after four seasons, we've gone down like a really particular path. And like, it's all like, it can, it can be very interesting, but um, it's more about like the, 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 the work that I'm working with. Trevor, what more do you want to say about working on Dead Space or anything else? Well, I'm really excited about it, and um, I hope that I hope that everyone enjoys the score, and I look forward to experiencing it myself tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Trevor. I really right, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Trevor Gorekis, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of our chat with Trevor on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please do subscribe to that YouTube channel to get all our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.